Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ford makes a power move, your news update, and we remember 9-11 on this edition of State of the Bands Weekend starting right now. Hello and welcome to Arbitrage, State of the Bands Weekend for September 11, 2021. I'm Joshua Stark. Ford Motor Company has hired a former executive from Apple and Tesla to be the company's head of advanced technology and new embedded systems, a critical post as the auto industry moves to adopt vehicles powered by electricity and guided by computers. Before Doug Field joined Ford, he was a vice president of special products at Apple and an engineer at Tesla. Apple has been rumored to be working on its own car project for some time, but the details have been kept under tight wraps. Field also worked on Tesla's Model 3 vehicle. Field will be in charge of building out passenger systems such as navigation, driver assist technology, connected systems, and cybersecurity across all Ford's products. There will be something missing at two Whole Foods stores opening next year, the rows of cashiers. Amazon, which owns the company chain, said Wednesday that it will bring its cashierless technology to two Whole Foods stores for the first time, letting shoppers grab what they need and leave without having to open their wallets. Cameras and sensors track what's taken off shelves. Items are charged to an Amazon account after customers leave the store with them. But there will be an option for those who want to shop the old-fashioned way. Self-checkout lanes will be available that take cash, gift cards, and other forms of payment. Amazon first unveiled the cashierless technology in 2018 at an Amazon Go convenience store and has expanded it to larger Amazon supermarkets. But it will be the first time it has appeared at Whole Foods, a chain of more than 500 grocery stores that Amazon bought four years ago. The first trial in the Operation Varsity Blues college admissions bribery scandal will begin this week with the potential to shed light on investigators' tactics and brighten the spotlight on a secretive school selection process many have long complained is rigged to favor the rich. Jury selection is beginning Wednesday in federal court in Boston in the case against two parents, former casino executive Gamal Abzidez and former Staples and Gap Incorporated executive John Wilson, who are accused of paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their kids into the University of Southern California by falsely presenting them as athletic recruits. Though they were among dozens of prominent parents, athletic coaches, and other arrested across the country when the case exploded into headlines over two years ago, theirs is the first to go to court. A Banksy artwork that sensationally self-shredded just after it sold for $1.4 million is up for sale again at several times the previous price. 
Auctioneer Sotheby's said Friday that Love is in the Bin will be offered at a sale in London on October 14th. The piece has a pre-sale estimate of four million pounds to six million pounds. It consists of a half-shredded canvas bearing a spray-painted image of a girl reaching for a heart-shaped red balloon. Then, known as Girl with Balloon, the work was sold at Sotheby's in October 2018. Just as an anonymous European buyer made the winning bid, a hidden shredder embedded in the frame by Banksy word to life, leaving half the canvas hanging from the frame in strips. More after this on Arbitrage's State of the Bands Weekend. Stick around. It's Thursday night and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... ...could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. This week's State of the Bands blog includes El Salvador has a Bitcoin oops, a penny for your change shortage part deux, and 9-11 remembered. All this and more in this week's State of the Bands blog, available now at arbitragetrade.com. Now let's go to the president and CEO of Arbitrage, Mr. Royce Wells, for more. Royce! So are we talking about El Salvador's dolly? I mean dollar? We are talking about El Salvador's uh, switch to Bitcoin, which didn't go quite according to plan, apparently. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, I'm not sure if you were watching the markets, but I think Tuesday it plummeted from like 52000 to roughly, I think, forty-two before recovering a little bit. Ouch. Yeah, that, that hurt. That hurt. By the dip. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. Some people did. Some people didn't. I bet you El Salvador didn't. Um, a lot of people are still skeptical of if it's stable enough to actually put their hard-earned money into. That's true, but El Salvador has chosen to make it the national currency. Nice. And they Probably. had a little bit of an oopsie, didn't they? Well, it isn't, um, I think, I uh, forget what country in South America... Uh, they adopted uh, another cryptocurrency. I think it was uh, Brazil or a Portuguese-speaking country. They adopted uh, a cryptocurrency as their official currency as well a few months ago. So it was the Petro uh, issued by Venezuela uh, under the Nicolas Maduro regime. Uh, it actually pulverized the value of the national Bolivar uh, with an inflation rate calculated at 3,000%. It's pretty ridiculous. Cryptocurrency, if you've been watching, right, since I want to say August of this year, has almost uh, rebounded really nicely. Uh, Bitcoin itself went from 32000 all the way back up to 52000 in a couple of months. 
So that was kind of awesome if you were able to ride that ride, which I did, I did get to ride a little bit of that. So, I mean, if, if you're a buy and hold type person with cryptocurrency, it might be a, uh, a good place to just put a little bit, not a lot, and wait for it to keep on growing. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, some of the other people like in the country, I think, uh, Jose Luis Hernandez, he's a barbershop owner. He said that the base of the government, for it to become their official currency, he, uh, they, they were giving out roughly 30 to $40 of the currency just to entice people to start using it. Money. Hey, what, what, what doesn't entice people? Free money, right? There you go. Um, but uh, Jose Luis Hernandez, like, he's like, I'll try it, but we'll see if, uh, how it goes. And if it goes well, then maybe he'll add a little bit more, but uh, he, he'll at least give it a shot. Well, I'd definitely give it a shot if you gave me free money, right? Yeah. Um, have you actually heard of the Satoshi? Yes. Oh, good. Maybe our viewers haven't then. Um, the Satoshi basically is like fractions of Bitcoin, and basically it, it acts like dollars to like a $100 bill. I think there are 1 million Satoshi per Bitcoin. So basically, no matter what the price is, things can go for, you know, 50, 500, 1,000 Satoshi. And uh, that allows smaller denominations, which does allow it to become a currency for a country. So at least they, they got the infrastructure in place yeah. to make it work. Unfortunately, we don't have the infrastructure in place for that yet in our country. Or fortunately. Well, we're I getting there. We'll talk about it more after this on Arbitrage's State of the Bands Weekend. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn. But not every child can focus on classes and play dates. Nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. face hunger. That's one in six. School lunch might be their only meal each day, and it's heartbreaking to imagine any child going to bed hungry. We're dreaming of a perfect day when kids can smile, play, and just be kids without worrying about where their next meal will come from. Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Technology companies that led the charge into remote work as the pandemic unfurled are confronting a new challenge. How, when, and even whether they should bring back long-isolated employees back to offices that have been designed for teamwork. That transition has been complicated by the rapid spread of the Delta variant, which has scrambled the plans of many tech companies for bringing back most of their workers near or after Labor Day weekend. Microsoft has pushed those dates back to October, while Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, and a growing list of others have already decided to wait until next year. Given how they set the tone for remote work, tech companies' return to office policies will likely have ripple effects across other industries. Employers' next steps could redefine how and where people work. 
Because they typically revolve around digital and online products, most tech jobs are tailor-made for remote work. Yet most major tech companies insist their employees should be ready to work in the office two or three days each week after the pandemic is over. The main reason, tech companies have long believed that employees clustered together in a physical space will swap ideas and spawn innovations that will probably wouldn't have happened in isolation. That's one reason tech titans have poured billions of dollars into corporate campuses interspersed with alluring common areas meant to lure employees out of their cubicles and into casual collisions that turn them into brainstorming sessions. Twilio isn't bringing back most of its roughly 6,300 employees back to its offices until early next year at the earliest and plans to allow most of them to figure out how frequently they should come in. This hybrid approach permitting employees to toggle between remote and in-office work has been widely embraced in the technology industry, particularly among the largest companies with the biggest payrolls. Labor markets are relatively tight now, so employees have more bargaining chips than they have had in a while. Nearly two-thirds of the more than 200 companies responding to a mid-July survey in the tech service Bay Area said that they are expecting their workers to come into the office two or three days each week. Before the pandemic, 70% of these employers required their workers to be in the office, according to the Bay Area Council, a business policy group that commissioned the poll. Even Zoom, the Silicon Valley video conferencing service that saw its revenue and stock price soar during the pandemic, says most of its employees still prefer to come into the office part of the time. But the biggest tech companies, which have profited even more than Zoom as the pandemic that made their products indispensable for many workers, aren't giving employees much choice in the matter. Apple, Google, Amazon, and Microsoft have made it clear that they want most of their workers together at least a few days each week to maintain their culture and pace of innovation. Switching to hybrid work is ideal for people like Kelly Soderland, a mother of two young children who works in offices in San Francisco and Palo Alto, California for travel management company TripActions, which has about 1,200 employees worldwide. She couldn't wait to return when the company partially reopened its offices in June, partly because she missed the built-in buffer that her roughly one-hour commute provided between her personal and professional life. Time for a break. Coming up, more with Royce and our 9-11 tribute. Stick around for that. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving because buzz driving is drunk driving. 
Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Royce, I would say penny for your thoughts, but I can't seem to find a penny these days. A uh, uh, quarter? You know, I have a few quarters at the house, but they're not with me. Um, I seem to be experiencing a change shortage. Have you gone to the bank lately? Yeah, yeah, they, they are definitely limiting the amount of change you can get, aren't they? Yeah, didn't we just come off of a coin shortage? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. The thing is, is that uh, it appears that we're having a part two now, so. Yeah, but do you think that's because of all of the stimulus checks? I don't know, is it? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, it's like if you give a whole bunch of people a whole bunch of checks and they go cash them at the bank, the bank has to give money, right? So, yeah, here's the thing, okay? Uh, you know, we've had these $1,200 and, and $2,400 and depending on how many kids you have, you know, hundreds of dollars that we've given to, to people just as a single, you know, slap it down payment. And most people have not been putting it back in the bank. And that's a problem. Uh, well, managed jars or under the mattress. You would not believe how many people during World War II hid money during the Great Depression. And basically they found tons of money in walls in beds in backyards because yeah. when things get scary people have comfort or find comfort knowing that they have currency that is act that they can actually spend in in dire situations right? yeah yeah it's it's kind of crazy um but okay so if we're having a coin shortage why don't they just print more coins well they have printed more coins it's just not enough it seems like um, okay. They 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 estimate that they've printed or they've they've manufactured around eighteen. No, I'm sorry, twenty billion in coins. Um, but Americans seem to be retaining at their homes around eighteen billion. So there's only around two billion in circulation if you do the math. Wait, but isn't that just from this year, or is that in total? That's from this year, since January. So people have stockpiled about $18 billion in wealth. Well, okay, they are giving out a bunch of stimulus checks, so I guess that is possible. It is absolutely possible. And it seems like it's not getting any better. Uh, David Ryder, who is the Mint director, said, look, we can't manufacture our way out of this problem. Uh, a healthy circulation of coins hinges on a cycle of commerce. Uh, that has been largely unnoticed until the pandemic. It's not a supply problem, but a circulation issue. Ah, because there's not enough going around. Got it. Bingo. So, so, so that, 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 that mean bank are trying to get creative with how they do stuff, like maybe like hoarding their own money? Well, yeah. Okay, so banks are doing a few things. Um, number one is they're they're placing limits on what can be. Uh, what can be gotten from the bank as far as change is concerned. So They're I can't get $1,000 in quarters? I wouldn't try it. Oh. <laughs> and, and don't even think you can find any silver in that either because they're looking for that as well. Wow. Yeah. Well, at least they're smart. So, so here's the thing. What they're trying to do is they're offering incentive for people, uh, just offering bonuses for depositing their change um, they're stockpiling stuff. They're moving the, the, the change around. And what's happening here is that, uh, is that we're going to see a, we're going to see a big impact on the amount of coins in the area. By the way, COVID-19 
began with the virus, will end with the virus. We're going to end it right there. We'll be right back. Help. Ajuda. Bangju. Edem. Help. In the wake of a disaster, there are many people from all backgrounds and all walks of life who need help. Help is available through FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency. We're here to provide help to all those who need it. Help. Help. If you or someone you know has been affected by a disaster, call us at 800-621-FEMA. If your home or property has been damaged or destroyed, you've lost your job or income, or face other emergency needs, please call the Federal Emergency Management Agency at 800-621-FEMA. FEMA. Help is here. A public service message brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Arbitrage Trade Analytics, LLC, is a privately held market research company. Arbitrage Trade Analytics, LLC, is solely responsible for the preparation and distribution of the content of this podcast. The opinions offered in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to be investment advice. Seek a duly licensed professional for investment advice. For more information about the informational research and services offered by Arbitrage Trade Analytics, LLC, please visit Arbitrage trade.com just a short explanation for this next segment it is our 9-11 20th anniversary tribute if you are triggered by sounds of disaster sounds of people screaming and things of that nature you may want to skip this one we just felt like we could not let this pass without doing something so uh there's your warning um please join us in remembering 9-11. It was a day like any other, September 11, 2001. As we remember 9-11, we have to remember the people and the lives that were changed. But remember that it started out as a normal day. But 8.46 a.m. will be indelibly marked in American history as the time in which everything changed. American 11, are you trying to call? The cockpit is not answering their phone. Our number one has been staffed and our five has been staffed. I am going to call from Washington. I am in a situation with American to learn the possible hijack. What's going on, Betty? The crap is erratic again. Problems very erratic. Betty, talk to me. Betty, are you there? Betty? Betty? What? It's 7.37. It what? Like the world changed. What are you talking to? Oh, God. Oh, my God. United 175, New York. We have some problems over here right now. We might have a hijack over here, two of them. Jules, this is Ryan. Uh, listen, on an airplane, that's been hijacked. Things will go well, and it's not looking good. I just want you to know I absolutely love you. I want you to do good. So happy to find uh, things for my parents and everybody. And I just totally love you, and uh, I will see you later. Hi, babe. What are those people going to do? All, all the elevators are blocked down. 
God. So both towers are now. Okay, now I got an aircraft that's out east of the White House. Crystal City, just north of Crystal City. Just to the north of your town. Yeah, I'll stop all the parkers. Pentagon just got hit. Uh, Pentagon. Goddamn, I can't even protect my NCA. United 93, that traffic through is 1 o'clock, 12 miles eastbound 370. Negative contact, we're looking. United 93. United 93, Cleveland, if you hear the center right then. I got that pit, it's off. Keep it in, Tuesday, 9.47 a.m. Hi, baby. I'm, baby, you have to listen to me carefully. I'm on a plane that's been hijacked. I'm on the plane. I'm calling from the plane. I want to tell you I love you. Please tell my children that I love them very much. And I'm so sorry, babe. I hope to be able to see your face again, baby. Six eight six five. We have, uh, I believe, it is a uh, Boeing seven fifty seven. Can you see him up there, sir? That's concurred. Uh, it looks like he's rocking his wings. Roger. He's rocking back and forth. We're five six eight six five. I advise you stay away from that aircraft. Go north as fast as you can. United nine three. Have you got information on that yet? Yeah, he's down. He's down? Yes. When did he land? He did not land. Oh, he's down. Yeah, down? somewhere up northeast of Camp David. Honestly, I just want to let you know I love you, and I'm stuck in this building in New York. There's lots of smoke, and you just wanted you to know that I love you. What is... That's number two for our first place, right? Maybe there's two of us in the back, and we're not ready to die, but it's just bad. Oh, So that morning, I was in bed. Right around 7.30 or so, I was peacefully sleeping because I was an afternoon guy at a music station at the time. Now, if you know that kind of thing, music stations generally stay away from news. But this day was different. My program director calls me, wakes me up, says, turn on your TV at about 7.50. He says, turn on your TV, and his voice was different. So I turned on the TV. It was today, and today had turned into something that today normally isn't, you know? And for the next 24 to 48 hours, the music station that I worked at became a news station. Uh, Pretty much every station became a news station at that point. But going into work that day was totally different. We felt a responsibility to make sure everyone understood everything that was going on. 8.46 a.m. Eastern was when the first plane hit, and then the second one hit 
at 9.02 a.m. Eastern. And in that day, everyone's life changed. Royce? Uh, yeah. Um, that day, um, I was on my way to work. I was working at AutoZone at the time. Um, and um, I was in my car listening to 98 One to Max on, on Memphis radio station. And I, I remember the exact street. I was literally in the turning lane when I heard uh, Kramer uh, say that a plane had hit the uh, World Trade Center. And I, I was in shock and disbelief. And then shortly thereafter, hit another plane hit the other tower. Um, it, it was surreal. Basically, all, all the radio stations, all, everywhere you looked, everywhere you heard, um, about what was going on in New York and uh, the death tolls were rising and it was it was a really scary time um, and um, if it, it, I didn't think I'd be uh, alive to see an event like that and uh, shortly thereafter uh, they, they stopped all air travel for a few days yep. and then shortly thereafter um, I was literally on the very first plane that left out of Memphis on my way to Sacramento because uh, AutoZone owned all data, and I was going there for a strategic uh, visit, and it was uh, pin-droppingly quiet at the airport. I was the only person on the plane. Yeah, you were telling me it was you, the pilot, and a stewardess? Yeah, a couple of stewardess, but it was it was uh, very surreal, almost like a, a horror movie, um, but it, it was really happening. Yeah. It's estimated that the number of Americans that changed their their travel plans from plane to train or car is 1.4 million. Um, there's a lot of numbers that are involved with this. I'm not going to get into this, but it's estimated that 20% of all Americans had someone uh, who died. Uh, that they were they knew or that they were relatives with um, and for us you know being a, being a finance company being being um, being in the financial circle we weren't around back then but the New York Stock Exchange was closed for six days this was never heard of completely um, unheard of yeah completely unheard of and the Dow Jones Industrial Average, when it reopened, uh, was down 684 points. That's amazing. Uh, the economic loss was $105 billion to New York City. Uh, the estimated cost of the cleanup, $600 million. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And we want to take some time, which we just did, to remember those that were lost, but also uh, understand the cost of something this huge. On the 20th anniversary of 9-11, we just want to say thank you for all of you who uh, worked on those days uh, to rescue and to recover and to show us who America really is. Uh, it was something that changed everyone's lives. And therefore, we can't go without recognizing that. Any final thoughts, Royce? No, I'm just 
hats off to the leaders who were in charge at that point and at that time. It took a lot of guts to make a lot of tough decisions that need to be made, and, but w they were able to see us through and get get the crews and get the people where they need to be, and basically handle it really well. Uh, thank you for being those leaders. Thank you so much, and thank you for joining us on this edition of State of the Bands Weekend. We'll be back on Monday with State of the Bands Daily, so uh, join us, please. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.